You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hog Liberty Podcast on the We Are Libertarians Network. I'm your host, Jeremiah Morrill. As always, I'm joined by our co-host, Dakota Davis, on my left. This is episode 32 of the Boss Hog Liberty Podcast. Our show is about our lives in rural Indiana. It's a show about folks who are involved in politics. We promise that our episodes are going to be a fun and an easy listen. We interview people who are influencers, elected officials, political experts, and folks we just find interesting. If any of this sounds mundane to us, it's because it's the second time we've gone through it. We had a terrible, <laughs> terrible problem with the live stream, but uh, we're going we're gonna to muddle through and pretend like it's all natural again. On my right is Bill Smythe. Thank you, sir. Not Mike. Not, not Mike Smythe. I'm like Mike. Yes. It's the better Smythe. Yes. So you are working with Stephen McKenzie for Congress. That's correct. And he's running in the 6th District, uh, which is East Central Indiana here. So our, the Boss Hawk Liberty podcast is... Uh, Oh, well, we're heard worldwide, but uh, we have a strong focus in East Central Indiana. County. Oh, yeah. We've had we've had listeners. It's crazy where we get listeners from. Unreal. We uh, had one in uh, – we had – at one time, we had a regular listener in Russia. I don't know what we did yeah. to upset them. Uh, they don't listen anymore, apparently. Were they were they buying Facebook ads for the recent election? Oh, that could be. It's plausible. <laughs> On the other side of the room, my dear friend, Brad Klopfenstein – who, among other things, has been the Libertarian Party of Indiana's executive director. He, he manages the uh, the Antelope Club in downtown Indianapolis. Uh, you have been our lieutenant governor nominee for the Libertarian Party of Indiana. Uh, you ran a massive alcohol ring of some sort, a consortium <laughs> of, uh, of, of, of booze, uh, a powerful booze group. Uh, what else am I missing off there? Uh, let's see. Ran the Indian Licensed Beverage Association. That's the one. Sold beer for a while. I am a convicted bootlegger. Oh, that's true. You got a pardon last night, though. I last night you had you and the governor were hanging out at your club. Now you're in Dakota's spare bedroom, but you got a pardon yesterday by the governor for your overexcitement to sell Yingling to the people of Indiana. We were early adopters. Three years early, apparently. <laughs> I <laughs> just by a little bit. <laughs> apparently, he says. You know, it's one of those. Beg for forgiveness, and you did, and you got forgiveness. And front page bold print in the Indianapolis Star. So, hi, what what else can you do? We're very, very I, sorry. I just want to express to our listeners of this podcast who reside in the state of Indiana, the Antelope Club is so sorry that we violated the laws of the state of Indiana, and we hope that you can forgive us. I already have. You actually Thank did you. a pretty good job of making that sound sincere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been just torn up with regrets. Or he's a professional. Pick, pick your answer. <laughs> That's the other thing is, uh, Brad is, uh, Brad's the most polished broadcaster in the room other yes. than Dakota. Brad is, uh, WXNT and I think WIBC, a frequent guest on, uh, Hakim Shabazz's show. Yes. And has guest hosted a number of times as well. Yeah, we've done that. It's actually Bill and I were talking before we went on the air. Back when Abdul's show started at 5 a.m., a couple times Bill came in and then at 5 to 6 o'clock hour, I'm sure that that audience was 
a tenth of what we have right now. <laughs> That's correct. And I kept asking him, why was I getting the early invite? And he said, nobody else stupid enough to come in this early. Because <laughs> I know you'll <laughs> say yes, so right? Thus I qualified. <laughs> that will work. So this has been – I have to I have to be honest with everybody. Last week it might have been a bit of a ratings disaster for the Boss Hog Liberty podcast. And I realized that it was because every episode we've had, episodes 1 through 30, one of the co-hosts had been engaged. Yep. And then Dakota screwed up and got married on us. Yep, that's what it was. So last Saturday, I did what I could to make it right. Yep. And uh, the lovely Sarah Potter said yes. And uh, for ratings, yep, for ratings, for we, ratings, we appreciate your sacrifice. I uh, you took I one have, for the team. To the, I have pledged to my life to uh, to Sarah Potter. Not yet. And uh, well, no. I I I mean, at this point, I'm pretty pretty deep. You, you, oh. You're not getting out no. of it. Have, have you oh. paid the photographer? <laughs> Do you have not that one? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We had one for the for the engagement, but we haven't we haven't picked the next one yet. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was fun. Got uh, got down on one knee and had took her to the. Uh, if you have had a chance to go around Henry County, uh, Newcastle is the birthplace of Robert Indiana, who is the uh, pop art uh, uh, sculpture guy. He had the love uh, the love stamp that was out in the sixties or seventies, and the sculpture is worldwide now. Henry County had a couple of them installed in uh, in the Arts Park and over in front of the uh, the Armory. Uh, so I, I had it set up. I, I tricked Sarah into going to the park without knowing why and had a photographer set up on the other side of the park and, uh, uh, had a really cool, uh, really cool little engagement there. So he was freaking out. Oh my God. Yeah. It was like, I was, keep uh, the trains running I was on hanging time. out with him the night before and we ended up inviting another one of my, our friends over chase, who is also a listener to the show and has been a guest before. And while we were watching a movie, Jeremiah was uh, going to feed the fish or something, and started. Pra- I was, he started practicing his kneel. No, that is that is very fake news. That's I took no, a knee. Those are your exact to words. start a heater because your bride was cold. Yeah, I agree. I with did that. hold and then the position said, longer though, and then you. I said, didn't want to pull a hammy. Does this look the, okay, or should I go on the other knee? Well, the other we found out the other knee wasn't going to work. Yep, we did. Because I'm so old that uh, only the one, the only only the right knee was going to work for it. So the, the challenge isn't getting down; it's getting it's getting back, back up. up. <laughs> I can still do that. Okay, well, for now, wait till you get married. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah, congratulations! Thank yeah, you. So Con- I, I, congratulations I, to you too you. on your marriage. So. Yeah, so uh, now it's like now we've moved into wedding planning mode. Uh, so pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, we'll see uh, we'll see where we go. We're hoping to do something I, next next summer. I did nothing to plan my wedding. I picked one song and I paid and lined up the DJ, who was very easy because he was a guest on the show. Basically, we're going to plan this wedding. Uh, if you come on the show, uh, there's a good chance you'll be involved in the wedding somehow. So, if either of you need to be ushers, you know, let me know if you got some suits. And do you guys have any tuxes. catering experience? <laughs> well, I was yeah. in the restaurant yes, business for 26 years, yeah. so yeah. a little. And I own a tuxedo. Yeah, there you go. I was uh, married in Henry County. In fact, I was married in Knightstown, Indiana. Were you married and, to Hoosier Jim? Uh, <laughs> um, Wow. <laughs> While it did exist 36 years ago, no. Um, we are actually married in the Methodist Church in downtown, the beautiful Knightstown. And our, um, what is it, the reception was uh, held at what was the Holiday Inn. It's now the Garden Inn, I the think. The Garden Inn, yeah. Next to the Steve Alford place. That's right. Yeah, so it was the Holiday Inn Express when I was a little boy. I don't, yeah, it was the Holiday Inn, again, 36 years so my. My fondest memories. Of, the burn scars of, from the holy water yes. revealed very nicely. 
<laughs> not to just don't use holy water for that purpose, but thank you. Okay, that was from my earlier days as a Catholic. I was an altar boy once too, but they let yeah. me go. They yeah. let me out. Oh man! All right. Well, we've insulted almost all of the religions that we have in Henry County. Does anybody have anything to say about the Friends or the or the Baptists while we're here? Are there Scientologists here? <laughs> no, no, those, no, we're not we, that. We generally don't accept cults. Oh, <laughs> just a couple. <laughs> Good God. More of a suggestion, not a rule. We may have to take that sign down. We're going to cost you your yes. job before we yes. get to anything. <laughs> if, if oh, we, my gosh. Yes. All right. Well, so the other horrible uh, horrible thing that may happen, uh, other than insulting every religion in the county, Dakota and I are negotiating for puppies. Yes, we are. Very, I don't know how it happened. It's a Christmas gift uh, for my wife and your fiancé. Yeah. Yep. Siamese um, puppies? There was a litter online on Facebook, and we uh, we decided for the show it was great content if we w- both went out and bought puppies, and we named one Michael and the other one Dwight, like from the office, or Dwight so, and Toby. Yeah, or well, I figured one would be the uh, regional manager, the other one would be, <laughs> be the, the assistant, assistant too. too. Yeah, so we are uh, I, we made an offer, and we were waiting out to hear back from the breeder, but I think it's going to work out, and Dakota and I may end up owning uh, each each of us uh, owning a quarter or a half of a uh, of an Australian shepherd. So, yep. um, you know, why not why not introduce a puppy into your life in the, as we go into winter time? It's pre child training. That's what that's what they say. Yeah, that's what they say. That's it. And your mother is very excited. She didn't know until just now. Nope, she she's, didn't. Uh, she's Surprise. commenting. Surprise! There might be a <laughs> might be a puppy on the way. You might have to watch a puppy while we're in Chicago, or two, <laughs> or two puppies. Uh, I don't Please. think that she's going to want two puppy puppies and then four other. Grown they need dogs each other the for house. warmth. They're they're it's a litter still. They're they're very young. I don't think that's how it works. It could be. Anyway, so that's uh, that's going on. All right. <laughs> let's let's change subjects before we before we ruin the great puppy deal of twenty seventeen. We, we I mean we do need you some need serious names. Name yeah, suggestions. you need names. We do need name suggestions. They're they're both because, boys. Uh, Audrey said that she didn't want a dog named Michael. She wants Dexter, and I don't know why you'd name your dog after. She a wanted killer. Dexter or Zeus. I said Rand, like after Rand Paul. That's and fine. She says Rand doesn't even sound like a real name. I was like, well, you got me there. I really can't argue with that. <laughs> I you know Randy Moss, Rand University, well, that's a Randy. and Rand Paul. Yep. I, I I like the name Rand. I think it's a great name for a dog. Can you just hear like? So, Come here, Rand. So is the other one Ron? So how are you going to do this? Ron Rand and Rand. Rand and Ron. I you know I either way. Who's the guy that hit Rand? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> a, a Democrat. <laughs> oh man! All right, so. We have Bill here, mm-hmm. and uh, you have been I, – I, I've watched on Facebook. You and your candidate and your campaign team have been barnstorming the 6th District of Indiana. Uh, Luke Messer is our current congressman, and uh, he's, uh, he's looking for the upgrade into the I only have to interview for my job every six years seat. So you guys have, uh, have been running around doing Lincoln Day dinners, GOP clubs, all kinds of different events. Uh, tell me about Stephen McKenzie. Why we should uh, why we should be interested in his candidacy and what uh, what it, what it's been like so far. Um, well, first of all, thanks for inviting me, and and thank you, Brad, for roping in to this. Originally, we were invited. Uh, this was going to be Stephen's uh, interview, and there was a, a problem with his schedule, and I agreed to sit in in lieu of it because I didn't want your fans to go without you know content for this evening. So that's why I'm here. We Brad's do nearly here. anything for content. Uh, um, Brad's here just because he's a good friend and a, a sucker for being on television and or radio. Um, but Mr. McKenzie, um, 
who I ran into, and, and some will probably already note, uh, similarly to Luke Messer, ran in the 5th District uh, prior to now running in the 6th District um, last year when I was running for county commissioner. And I got to know him because a lot of uh, um, our events, uh, of which Brad went to several of them, so he probably got tired of my talking points, but uh, Stephen was at as well, and we did some fundraisers together, and I, I, I developed a great deal of respect for him. Um, I don't necessarily align with all of his uh, positions per se. They are much more on the Trump wing of the Republican Party, and I'm more in the Rand wing of the Republican so Party. Hashtag Make America Great. Again he is guy. a MAGA, um, and and proud uh, of that. Okay, yeah, I so, mean I've seen it on his ads, like yeah, on no. his political ads, and on Facebook. you know, for me, it's uh, I want to support a person who believes what they believe and will act on what they believe, and this is the guy that does that. So, in terms of uh, who he is or what he is, he's a, a twenty-year Air Force uh, reservist, so he's a big. A pro Second Amendment guy. In fact, just so you know, he I I feel very comfortable in his presence everywhere in the Sixth District. Um, <laughs> you guys can't go to Buffalo Wild Wings, however. Uh, well, and believe it or not, we haven't been invited, and and, and <laughs> it's hard to believe with my my history in the restaurant industry that they wouldn't they wouldn't ask me in. Um, but it, that's probably where he is today. Is kind of a a continuum of. The Trump uh, narrative, okay? Um, again, not necessarily strong advocacy of myself personally, but I do appreciate what the president's done in terms of, uh, you know, creating, um, I would say, havoc in Washington. And some of that's been very positive, some not so much. But Stephen believes that both in, you know, like I said, the Second Amendment, uh, he's strong in, what was that? My phone. <laughs> Brad is very popular. Okay. It's the way it goes. All right. He is a, a, st- <laughs> a, a staunch uh, pro-life uh, conservative. Stephen is a born-again Christian uh, evangelical. His uh, father was pastor. His brother's pastor. He comes from a very uh, God-fearing family, I would say. Um, and he thinks that this country, and to the degree I, I 100% support this, has lost its sense of direction, and, and he can make a difference in Congress. Um, and, and, you know, there's you could argue that there's proof to that based upon both the in, uh, inactivity of what they've done and the ineptness of what they've done. So uh, I'm pleased to work for him. I'm glad he asked me to join his team. Um, I had been lobbying at State House. I'll leave that swamp all to it's a separate conversation. Brad has, um, you know, put his uh, feet in that water previously. I was working on uh, video gaming and uh, I was in a lull. And, and again, as a friend and uh, longtime friend of Stephen, he asked me if I could help him. I said, sure, I'll. You were see working what I can in do. video gaming? Is that what you I said? was working for uh, video gaming. Legalizing video gaming terminals in restaurants and bars. Not like mm. uh, on the Xbox, but uh, uh, was, you know, for, was, for yeah, money. He was doing the, he was doing like serious stuff with video games. He wasn't just playing them for fun and getting paid for it. Well, I do that as well, but that's a separate <laughs> conversation. Uh, you get paid for it? I well, I don't get paid for for uh, Xbox Live. Call of Duty doesn't uh, compensate you, okay? <laughs> um, but really, it's all uh, my business. I have a small. Um, Smythe Lobby Group, and this is an extension now. I'm moving into campaign. Some consulting and, consulting and some campaign work. Campaign. So you're working as the political director now. Yes, I am. All right. Which Very is good. a nebulous title that basically covers everything. I, I understand. 
I volunteered uh, with the Rex Bell campaign. I started as treasurer, and I was the campaign manager until uh, – I guess I'm still the campaign manager yes. because we haven't still haven't closed the treasury out. Right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's the way uh, – I, 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 well, that's I understand I how it goes. Well, that's I last year during the Rex uh, Bell That's right. Uh, we did. Uh, you this is a, to my restaurant. This has been a reunion. Rex, uh, Rex had his stroke uh, just, just before the election, and Brad and uh, Brett Bittner – and myself barnstormed uh, Indiana the day, election day, and we stopped in at Claude Nanny's and That's had true. lunch and had a, had a good time. So it's a nice little reunion here today. It is. Yeah. Unfortunate circumstances to do it, but actually yeah. that was a very fun day. It was. It was a good day. Uh, and, uh, you know, it turned out okay. turned out everybody Rex as well, and the LP had a good showing, and we did, uh, you know, we tried. We maintained the calendar he was going to have. So you, uh, speaking of big districts and running all over the place, mm-hmm. this uh, sixth district, 19 counties, right? It's, well, it, or they will, it's 18 and a half. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Scott County is, it's half of Scott County. And so I call it 19 because it doesn't really matter. You, you may as well once round you dip, up. Once you dip in there, you're there. Well, that's right. right. The methy half or the. Yeah. <laughs> the freedom loving half. It's the liberty half. It's the God fearing half. Okay. <laughs> it's the the freedom loving half is also kind of coinciding with the methy half. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, that just cost us 700 votes. Go ahead. <laughs> well, that's assuming that next, they're all listening. <laughs> next on the list was to insult everybody in Fayette County, okay. Dakota. If you have your list I, of insults for them, okay. I don't. I, I actually, actually didn't print that off. We're well received in Fayette County. So can we pick oh. another one, please? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will say that, uh, while I have been in or around politics for way too many years and, and Brad and I could tell, long and arduous stories i have not been uh primarily in the sixth district so this is kind of new territory for me uh the the process of the election and meeting with people and 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 that stuff is the same it's just absolutely n- new territory but you're meeting a lot of new folks and a lot of different new folks. folks and i and and brad will note I, i'm meeting a lot of people who are outside of my normal sphere of uh people and it's been a learning experience for me the uh Henry County politics mm-hmm. uh, so far this last year has revolved around windmills and a doughboy statue. Uh, I heard on both <laughs> of those. I came to the Tuesday night uh, uh, Republican Club dinner uh, on behalf of Stephen, who happened to be in D.C. And as we were driving through, I, I want to say our, in or around Kenner, just for the sake of our conversation. Sure. And my wife was with me, which it was like a reunion for her to come back into the county. And she's like, and I, I'm just laughing because I see the signs that say, say no to the, to the windmills. And I go, what's that all about? She gave me then yep. the full length of her knowledge on the subject, of course. <laughs> I had not known, so it's, now I'm uh, burst. It's become like the uh, the Hatfields and McCoys around here, um, you know. And as the libertarians of the group, I think we're we're probably as pragmatic and as in the middle of the issues you can be. We've talked about this a number of times. We're yeah, but for so many people, if you're in the middle, then you're on the you're against wrong us. Side. You're against both sides. Yeah, I know all about that. Yeah, it's uh, you know, we we generally don't want to tell people what they can't do with their ground. But we also don't want to subsidize everybody else so that they can build the windmills either. So. Uh, anyway, you're not you're not here to talk about yeah, that I, one. I had a good conversation with Clay, the barber, our other co-host, um, today about the windmill issue, actually. And he was uh, telling me he made just like one little small comment at one at the last county council meeting, and all of a sudden, he was the people that are anti-wind were like just strong, thought that he was, you know, he's this is our guy, right? And then. It went two days later, and he made some other comments, and the same people that were cheering for him were now calling for his resignation. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how welcome, extreme. Welcome to small town Indiana. Yeah, yeah. It is 
It's intense. It gets I, I want really you to intense. know that uh, it, it, I don't think that Hamilton County is small town Indiana. We have the exact same problems. Yep. I mean, part of why I ran for commissioner last year was because there was a the year before there was an issue with the training fire training center that morphed into a to a disaster very similar to your wins. I don't want to get into weeds and bored your listeners, but but there was a county council group that was opposed. And the commissioners were in favor, and they wanted a county councilors that were in favor. So they ran advocates to achieve their result. And uh, I was opposed, not specifically because I don't believe the county has a role in paying 40-some million for a fire training center, sure, which I did, but um, because I didn't think that the commissioners should have a rubber stamp on the county council. Very fair. And that wouldn't change by county. No, no, that's uh, that's an issue across all 91 counties that have uh, county commissioners, I suppose, right? Yes. Marion County gets to play by their own rules. Uh, <laughs> well, but there's 29 of them. So they, they, 25 they, they, now. Oh, I, the Klopfenstein I, group. I, yes. <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, how, many, how many counties have you guys made it to? Uh, we have been uh, to all 18. Uh, actually, I take that back. We have only been to 16 um, there's a couple we haven't been to in part because, believe it or not, since we are not of the establishment, we haven't been um, formally welcomed okay. by the establishment. Uh, and we were just doing it as a courtesy to introduce ourselves and you know share our message. And um, some have rebuked or either not replied. So the, the race is starting to shape up. It looks like you have uh, three or four candidates that are active and that are showing up at yes. events. Uh, are there debates on the horizon, that different events scheduled that you're that you're expecting? Or I, I know there's a U.S. Senate debate coming up in Fort Wayne in March uh, for the for the GOP side. I wasn't I, I don't know how far along that is yet. If, if well, you had media groups offer, or if the Boss Hog Liberty podcast needs to set you, this up, you, for you guys, guys might be the guys to do it. Uh, currently, we are not reaching much into next year, at least in terms of planning. Um, we are next week. There is an event in um, Hancock County, our home county. Because uh, Stevens based out of Fortville, that's where his campaign office is, and he's moving to. Um, they the uh, women's uh, GOP um, group has invited the all the candidates, three are attending: Kreider, uh, Jonathan Lamb, and Stephen. Um, it's not a debate per se. They're going to give us each ten minutes to make our pitch, and it's kind of their holiday thing. So I I can only say that it's likely to be. Everybody's going to be there and have a chance to speak. Yeah, that, and that's really it. And um, the vice president's brother apparently um, couldn't make it for whatever reason. It'll be know. it'll be a lot like most libertarian presidential debates. Where it's just a, where it's just three guys up there agreeing with each other. Uh, the ones I don't think anybody will be stoned uh, on this one. Just, just sad. Now I'm not. Are you sure? Of you, them. I'm are you sure that all four candidates be. are not on the run in South America? Are, are, uh, I, there aren't warrants not, out for any I'm of them? I'm only speaking on behalf of my candidate. He is not. Okay. <laughs> um, so there'll, that'll be that event, and I agree with you. I think there will be uh, debates next year. I'm not convinced that all the candidates will want to participate in debates for the very obvious reason that you guys struggle with it, right? I mean, they don't want to debate people who actually have principles and stand for those principles and continue to uh, reinforce them in public. Um, and that is what Stephen does, and, and he does very well. I mean, in face-to-face meetings or in small group meetings, it's an impressive. Very good. So Congress has been active this week. We saw the uh, the Senate, the, the House passed a tax package about a week, uh, two, week two, two, three weeks ago, 
And I woke up on Sunday – was it Friday, Saturday morning or Sunday morning that the U.S. Senate had gone through and they passed their tax bill at 2.30 in the morning. And I woke up to Senator Warren reading – you know, she did a Facebook Live and did a great job with it – reading a, a statement that they had been given a package about two hours before they were supposed to vote on it, 500 pages, handwritten changes that were photocopied. And then they asked everybody to, re- to to go ahead and vote on the biggest legislation that's come through, probably since Obamacare. Very similar process to Obamacare, where you had no time, you know, besides just passing it because they're gonna, they're they're just rubber stamping an issue going through. Tell me, have you guys looked at that issue, the the order and the way Congress is running? Because I, I compare it to what we have in Indiana, and and I know you guys can both share it in the way. You know, an idea becomes a law in the state of Indiana. It seems like it's vastly different to Congress, vastly different to what we're seeing in the current congressional process. Um, I'll let Brad tackle the latter part of relative to Indiana. My experience, <coughs> excuse me, in the Indiana process uh, is not that it's that much different. Okay, I mean, again, they have uh, quorum-proof majorities, so in any public hearings are a courtesy. Um, with respects to Washington. Um, for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to let Stephen's opinions be expressed in a subsequent uh, sure. interview. Absolutely. Um, and we, my observation would be mine. Uh, I think it's a, a, a shambles. No, there was a word on one movie. What was it? Shamocracy or something. But anyway, oh, where, uh, where it's just it's 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 an embarrassment. Idiocracy. In, idiocracy. I apologize. So it was just kind of an embarrassment the way, the mechanism. Uh, even if I favor the outcome, okay, and and let's say for the sake of this conversation, I favored Obamacare, which would be a stretch. But but favoring the outcome doesn't necessarily mean you appreciate or respect the methodology. I, and the way they did that's the problem. I, yeah, and I want to point out a little bit of the hypocrisy of the people that were in favor of Obamacare whenever mm-hmm. the legislation got passed. Um, and each time that you brought up how ridiculous it was that they had three hours to read through 500 or so pages of a bill, right, they would – all the proponents would say, well, you know, that's why they have staff. They have staff that goes through that, and each person takes this many pages, and then it makes the three hours go by really fast, and you get a summary. That's what they say, and, like, that that very well may be true, but now the same people who were for that are now freaking out that – Elizabeth Warren posted a video because she only had three hours to read through the bill, and it's it's ridiculous either way. The and same the same yeah, could be said with the hypocrisy of uh, a party that was previously opposed to deficits, who now appear to be conveniently not opposed. We're to now them. okay. Upset I, I, that there's one point three trillion added yeah, to the debt, right? Yeah. Again, I'm. It's hard for me as a Rand Paul wing of the Republican Party to to uh, merge these conflicting um, actions and say, yes, I'm good with them, okay, because well, I'm not. Right. Wait until you're a congressional staffer and you're in charge of yeah. uh, herding the cats, yeah. Mr. Smythe. Well, let's hope that we get to that opportunity. Um, I, I personally uh, will not be going to D.C. regardless. Um, that's kind of not my expectation. Um, I, I hope – we are successful, and I hope I um, have a candidate that will go on to serve uh, for his four terms because that's his uh, objective, his, his term limited, um, and that other people deal with that swamp. And, and I'll be glad to service uh, in the state of Indiana and, and service the uh, representative here so in Fortville 
Which is, it'll be, that'll, be, that'll be a campaign office. office. You, don't, you don't want to go to Washington, D.C., but you want to have the opportunity. I and want the, the candidate right. to go because I think he will best represent this district. Yeah. Okay. Whether I physically go uh, is not germane to my objective. So, Brad, in Indiana, if somebody if somebody wants to change the alcohol laws, uh, aside from you know the the convicted the, bootlegger, uh, <laughs> aside from the 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 lobbying that you have to do, the actual process, um, you have an idea, you file a bill, the bill gets gets to a committee or it gets killed. Right now, there's a summer study committee, so these ideas really do spend a lot of time in Indiana, at least getting discussed, and there's some public discussion. Yes, there's the official discussion, and then there's the Antelope Club bar discussion, <laughs> and, and then there's and one of those is more effective than the other. <laughs> yes. But it's not it. I, no I guess comment what I'm saying, on which one it is. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't seen on this on this federal tax bill. We haven't seen this go through a committee process. No, you, you see nothing, and that's I guess that's my frustration. And it comes from both sides. And I, you know, I'm not picking on the Republicans any more than the Democrats because I've sat here as a you know as a disinterested or a, it, it, neither one of them are my team. At least when I, you know, I, I was very interested in the highway bill that passed in Indiana. We knew what was in it, and there were two different pa- two different packages, and they were working through the House and the Senate, and it took three months. And they took testimony, and people could go down, they could discuss, you could see what was in the current bill. You went through two or three readings. This thing made the House floor one time. It made the Senate floor one time. It's, I don't know why we accept this. That, that's the part that I'm just screaming, and I'm hoping that, you know, your candidate will... We'll, we'll we'll run against Congress a little bit too here at, at, I guess at some point. I'm I share your frustration, okay. And the only thing I can I get think safely promise because you know technically everything else is up for debate. But, sure. Um, Stephen is working with the Freedom Caucus, and 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 from my perspective, this is again my perspective. Um, the things that have gone amok somewhat have been controlled by the establishment. One of the advantages or, or perceived disadvantages, depending on who you are, is the Freedom Caucus is out there trying to build some normal order and some what I believe is, is true conservative principles. And that was what was promised when, when John Boehner went out right. and the Freedom Caucus was very instrumental in that. And they, you know, Paul Ryan was the candidate that everybody could agree on. And now we've seen members of Congress saying that this is even worse than we had with Boehner. Well, Yes, but that doesn't necessarily mean that th- that mechanism was flawed because part of the problem was is that the Freedom Caucus was not powerful enough to then implement some of those right. desires. So they, they only had about 30 or 40 votes enough correct. to, to dis- disrupt something. They're not enough so to be a powerful group. So let's look at the 6th District for this, for, for obvious, for the sake of this conversation. If, if you had Congressman Messer, who was not a member of the Freedom Caucus and clearly not aligned, I would, you could argue probably was more. He's in the House leadership. He was, he was number three or four in House leadership. slash establishment lane. Uh, and Stephen is is working with these guys, and part of the challenge will be that they need to expand their numbers from forty to sixty five or seventy five, and they need candidates who a meet the litmus test of their objectives and, the, and their agenda, but then can actually that they trust will follow through once they get there. Because another congressman in this state, uh, you know, accepted their largesse and and their promises, and then didn't fulfill that, and that's troubling to them. Now they're hesitant to accept uh, new people on board. Anybody that's a Hoosier? All, all Hoosiers are staying? Well, I, you know, it's very possible. I, I can't speak to that because I personally am not negotiating all with right. them. But I would say that the congressional candidates are troubled. I mean, they're troubled by them. All right. Very good. Well, we appreciate that portion. We're going we're gonna to transition gracefully back to Brad. Please. Well, thank you. And talk about 
how in the heck I can well, buy. You're the you're the well, self made expert on this. How right. I, how can I self profess? How I can buy that second beer for you on a Sunday because it's uh, Dakota's Dakota's fridge is looking pretty spare, sparse, and I don't know if we're going to be able to get him to a liquor well, store between I now refuse, and then. I, I refuse to buy beer until all of the Milwaukee's best are gone. <laughs> now I I have two things to say. One, I want everybody to know I gave up a hot date to be here tonight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Two, when I entered, I was given the choice of not your father's vanilla cream ale or Milwaukee's best. There was a Mickey's and it, a Lining Kugels there, there was watermelon. A, the, the, the Lining yes. Kugels was, was of the fruit variety. I, I will the say, fruitiest of the fruitiest. I will say <laughs> I should have gone with the Milwaukee's best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that stuff's pretty bad. You, you do realize, Dakota, that he is a banquet guy okay he's a course banquet yeah. devotee where's my contract for yes. appearing here i mean i should have been a writer no green m&ms yeah. course banquets so if you if, back in the old days of the boss hogger liberty we used to broadcast poolside at my house it's gotten a little chilly for that but then we would have moved it inside to the uh, to the dining room i do have a pretty well stocked beer fridge it does but we have a hell of a studio here so it's a, I, I it's like a trade-off we had to make. Okay. But, uh, See, at one point in time, I drank Bell's Two-Hearted Ale I like all that. the time. Those are gone now. And, well, I'm trying to not drink beer during the week like <laughs> I used to. Is, is that what married life does for you? Well, I don't know if that's what it is, but, like, everybody says, oh, you know, after you get married, you gain the happy 20. And I was like, I better stop drinking beer. <laughs> Otherwise, that's going to be me in, like, a week. <laughs> <laughs> But they don't define the period, okay? Just so you know, in 36 years, yes, I gained 20. (laughs) It wasn't instantaneous. Well, no. It actually, most of it happened when I stopped smoking. And that's where your danger is, okay? Well... Oh, you got that to consider yeah. now too. That's right. Well, you have to take up. You might lose. You have to take up smoking to give it up. You can okay. lose twenty to gain thirty. Right. There it's we a, go. It's a that math isn't that bad for your health, really. <laughs> 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 oh man. So Brad, the uh, our former state senator here, Bevgard, is leading this uh, this summer study committee or this uh, winter. I don't know, this off off cycle committee. I guess they call it summer study, but really we're into December now. So. Right. And they just finished up uh, meeting. Um, there are three, as I understand it, I, I watch this from, you know, a, I, I sell rebar during the day, so I don't get a chance to watch this like you do. Um, but I understand. There's so much rebar around here. Man, we need more. <laughs> we need more. I'm pro rebar and I vote. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, we had, your, we could thank the governor yesterday because uh, there's going to be a lot more construction projects over the next few years. Everybody's taxes got raised, but there's probably going to be more rebar, uh, which is good for the day job. Um, there are three different major lobbying groups or three different organizations that are involved in, in getting beer out into – or beer or little spirits or wine out into into the public. You have convenience stores. You have liquor stores and you have grocery stores. Is that, is right. that the three in, different in distribution the methods? So yeah. off-premise is carry out for home consumption. On-premise would be your bars, restaurants, right. private clubs. Yeah, I guess we're talking about the home. We, generally, you guys are mostly – you have these ridiculous licenses you have to buy. Correct. But you can – pretty much do business when you want to. Yes. And a lot of that was me and Bill and Ron Breimeyer eight and ten years ago kind of cleaned up some of the ridiculous on-premise laws. And, yeah, we got pretty – well, we now have uniform seven-day-a-week sales hours, and you can now buy beer on Election Day and Christmas Day and all those other ones that you want to buy beer on. Every you, uh, day. We Every day. Yeah. Dakota, for Christmas, you want to go buy beer? Absolutely. We might do it. Might happen. Actually, last year was the first. Uh, no, two years ago. Two years ago two was years. the first year we were open. Yeah, it was the first. Uh, it, as I note, it was the first year, and since 1982, we sold 
beer on Christmas. And everybody says, why? It's like, because it was illegal. <laughs> I'm not like Brad. <laughs> I had you were some... missing out on a big market. Yeah, I was, clearly. Well, you're not like Brad, and now you're out of business. Yeah, see how that worked? <laughs> I should have been more inventive. <laughs> should have just ran illegal yingling lager. On Christmas only. On Christmas only. <laughs> Christmas special. <laughs> so, so what's going to happen? We're looking. We're, we're, we're. I guess a month away, and we've got uh, Sarah Presenter Melanie Wright's going to be on the show. So this is something we're definitely going to be speaking with her about in a couple weeks when she joins us. She's the Delaware County, Yorktown area. She Thank has. You. She's the representative up there. Uh, so it's it's definitely something we want to discuss with her. And then Senator Kreider, we're still expecting to have him on, and I, I expect he'll still continue to be in the Senate next year and be be a part of this. So uh, help us help us be educated. To sure. know what to expect and help the listeners that are going to be tracking this. Sure. I, when they announced former Senator Bevgard as the chairman of this commission, me and a lot of other people that follow alcohol issues closely kind of thought that that was a nod towards keeping the status quo. That this is, you know, they're going to take testimony and nothing's going to come out of this. And the way the laws have been or the way the laws are going to be. I was very impressed that she actually called some people out and – and she very much was of the opinion that 70% of Hoosiers or more want alcohol reform. And that was kind of – That's their mission. That that was, that was the mission of this commission, and she kind of held them to it. Now, they came out with recommendations for Sunday sales, um, but they, they stopped short of cold beer in convenience stores and other places. Both of those seem to go hand-in-hand. Hand. Um, right now, the big box stores, grocery stores, and liquor stores – have their own agreement where the grocery stores and the liquor stores will support Sunday sales, but not support cold beer beyond the liquor stores where it currently is. So, if Dakota and I agree on something, and we're just we just give money to Brad, who happens to be a state legislator, is that a guarantee that what we want is going to happen? Because that that seems like there it was reported by the news that our our groups have agreed that we're going to go ahead and do this process. So then the news reporter, well, hey, this is coming, but that's not that, – I think that almost triggered some legislators saying, wait a minute, we never agree to that. Yeah. Yes, did. I think the, the bigger did. thing, it's not so much the money. It's if you run into your state legislators and you speak to them face-to-face and your kids are in the same little league and you maybe go to the same church, they're going to have a hard time telling you no because they have to see you over and over again in the community. So it's not so much the money. It's – the liquor stores do a great job of each liquor store owner knows their legislators on a first-name basis. Okay. Whereas convenience stores, Kroger, their they, store managers aren't going out and meeting with legislators. They don't have that face-to-face interaction, and so they're more of this nebulous group as opposed to neighbors. Because your liquor stores are generally locally owned. They're, they're businessmen that are in the communities where Kroger or uh, – not Marsh anymore, but Kroger or Walmart or Meyer. They're corporations. Right. And they don't have the grassroots network that, that the liquor that, stores do. That's exactly right. They don't engage their employees to go out and do this sort of thing. I will say the liquor stores generally have the moral high ground, if you will, in that they are Indiana domiciled. They are pretty much the definition of small business. I've always said where they seem to fail is they go out of their way to insist on not serving their customers as fully as they should. I also think the liquor stores could do a much better job of giving it if, 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 if all you have to sell is alcohol, 
you better do a darn good job of providing a lot of options to your customers. Right, and that's the the opportunity they have as we're you know as we're in the current year. People don't just have a taste for uh, Brad does, but people don't just have a taste for Coors Original anymore. Right. They want to buy their Bell's Two Hearted or their you know thirteen different varieties of of, of Yingling or or uh, Line and Kugels uh, or their not your father's vanilla beer. cream yeah. ice yeah. Er, uh, vanilla cream ale. Mm-hmm. Everybody but Brad this, seems this to is think it's cool. Haunt me for days. <laughs> it has it has some sort of a Watson on it though, or something. It looks like a uh, it's got a it's got a car that gets me going. It's it's a man and an old fifty uh, style indie. It's a roadster. roadster. Yeah. Which implies to me that this guy is trying to get in that car and drive away from this bottle as fast as he can. He's trying to get away. Isn't that it's stuff the, bad? It I looks like the pink gross. zinc from 1955. That one's for uh, that. That's for uh, your, Zach, your neck yeah, neighbor Zach next Zach. door. That's uh, that's his shout out for the day. <laughs> oh Have man! Have we shouted out with Darren Jacobs yet? No, not yet. I called him. Uh, I, I picked on him on the internet earlier, but didn't right. do anything. Chicken Wrangler. So you you had like this premonition. Brad, that uh, that this this agreement that they they seem to have, you you appeared on Abdul Hakim Shabazz's show about two weeks ago, and almost the, the the grand bargain that they seem to have come to, you had pitched or said, hey, this is what they need to do if they're smart. Years ago, right? And I I said liquor stores are going to have to give up Sunday sales, and if they at least compromise now, they might be able to retain cold beer sales. But when I said that, that was five years ago, and. Attitudes have shifted even more. I mean, just because the grocery stores and liquor stores have this agreement, I think that there is going to be some legislative backlash, and legislators are going to say, listen, just because you two lobbying groups have agreed doesn't mean that we're buying into this. Now, did you remind the governor last night when you saw him that uh, that Rex, in his debate with him, mentioned that if on a day like today you've got your warm beer and you happen to lose heat, and the temperature drops. Now you're making the the shop owner a criminal because now it's 25 degrees, yep. and we're selling cold beer instead of room temperature Th- beer. There, there is nothing in statute that says what room temperature is or what cold beer is. So, so if Jay Ricker and his convenience stores that have a beer and wine license, if he chooses to keep the interior at 36 degrees and he, that is room temperature, if he, if he happens to have a 36 degree room and that's where the beer is available for pickup, it, that, uh, that theoretically is could be a next step. Well, it would. Couldn't be a separate room. It would have to be the entire facility. So, welcome to Rickers. This is their teeth are chattering. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the, and the 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 Mexican restaurant that he opened in there, all the food is sold cold. <laughs> yeah, so they could but, do that, but, but it's it, plausible. Yeah, it is. All right. You have to get a hot toddy to warm up. <laughs> oh man, what so. uh, National Association of Grunt Gun Rights Owners has law, has weighed in, and they just want to know. Are you guys drunk? Where is Chris? This Chris Strangle guy? Man, they're 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 logged into the wrong. We are libertarian show. I think. I think so. This is beer talk with uh, with uh, Klopp and Smythe. <laughs> yeah, and not drunk. Not drunk. Not, just because I couldn't possibly stomach have more than one. <laughs> no. One of yeah. These. yeah, we're we've not we're not far enough in to be drunk yet. <laughs> so uh, let's let's change the subject. Well, we, hold on. I'm not uh, done with you. Got, I'm not got done more with on alcohol, alcohol yet. Yeah. We're being accused of being drunk over here, Dakota. We don't want to. We don't want to lose, <laughs> the, the, lose the crowd. I just want to talk for a minute. I read an article that um, was posted to Aaron Dickin, a former guest and Newcastle City Councilman's page, um, and it was a it was an article talking about Mike Pence, and it was talking about like his early career, his radio career, um, college and stuff, and it was actually like super informative. Very well written. It was a great article. But in that article, 
we learned one thing about Mike Pence that has to pertain to the alcohol. He was the president of his fraternity at Hanover College, and he also has zero chill. <laughs> and it, whenever they got caught drinking alcohol, they said usually one of the guys in the fraternity would uh, take the blame. Say all whoever the, whoever yeah. opens the door raises their hand, and it's their yeah, it's their say, fault. They say uh, you know all four kegs in here are mine, <laughs> personal use. <laughs> they don't belong to the fraternity. But I, Mike Pence happened to open the door one time, and said, "Oh no, everybody pitched in for these." Zero chill, Mike Pence. <laughs> Zero chill. I, uh, I, yeah, ex- I, I expected more, honestly. Former mayor of Rushville, uh, John McCain. Do you know John? I know John well. He's he, a fine uh, antelope. He's, uh, he, he went to Hanover. So he's, anytime there's Mike's Pence stuff, I go to John and I asked him about it yesterday and he said, it just must be a snow, slow week for Newsweek if this is what they're reporting. That was the defense. I was like, man, you gotta, no, you, you gotta, you gotta raise your hand. If it's, if it's your job, you've gotta raise your hand and take one for the team. You should. Although, That's, you know, when Rupert, was running against Mike Pence for governor. That was one of the concerns that we tried to put out there was that Pence, when he was in D.C., his staff wasn't allowed to drink, even on personal time. Really? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and we brought that up a couple times in debates and forums, and his staff scrambled to say, oh, we're, you know, he's not going to carry that policy over to Indiana. But it's like, well, why wouldn't he? He's doing it in D.C. Yeah. So, so yeah, he's he's not chill. When it comes to booze, I've, I've been told he occasionally has a glass of wine, but I highly doubt it. Do you have anything to say about the Pence family? Um, other than the fact that um, he's our vice president, he obviously knew the greatness he was going to achieve. That's why he didn't drink in college. I, I have no clue. Yeah, it's, it's actually really interesting, this article that I read um, talking about uh, – they were talking to one of his really good friends back then in college, and he said that he can remember – Whenever Mike Pence came to the realization that one day he wanted to be in the White House. And so, I mean, he's been working on that since he was at Hanover College. His goal has been to get to the White House. And now he's a heartbeat away from being the most powerful man in the free world. Well, the Washington Examiner did an article on his older brother. Uh, and he was... Uh, he, he's got a few brothers. Is, is his oldest brother. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Uh, and apparently in that article... Not the 900-pound uh, gorilla? Uh, yeah. No, yeah, that is the one. <laughs> oh, that is the uh, one. Yes, the, Greg is the eldest, okay? Okay. Uh, and apparently the article about him was that he uh, distinguished himself from his brother in, in, in any number of ways, that he was not like him, uh, including that he was not... Um, didn't share the same faith, though Christianity is, is certainly the commonology, but not to the degree, um, whereas Mike identifies himself as, uh, what is it, a Christian? Christian, uh, conservative, uh, Republican, Republican, and in that order. Right. And Mike was, or Greg was not willing to adopt those. So there was that um, article, and then there was another that talked about the differences. But then there was one that came out today from the Daily Caller. I don't know if you guys saw that. I did see that. Um, about uh, my candidate, uh, Mr. McKenzie, and some of the difficulties that he's experiencing from the establishment. He's received some pressure. Um, yeah, and it's been frustrating. Again, some of it's not totally a surprise. We shouldn't be surprised. Um, they, they would prefer to keep their people in their lanes and, and have their answers the way they want them prescripted. Uh, and Mr. McKenzie is not going to follow that process. So. I'm Everybody has to interview for the job. That's something we've preached around here for a long time, whether we're Republicans or Democrats or Libertarians or Independents. 
there are no guarantees as to who's going to have it. There's going to very, very, very spirited race for the U.S. Senate seat. I think you've got three candidates that are very well financed and two or three that are, you know, that are going to try to find a way to get on the ballot and see what disruption they can they can get. And, you know, I think we have four strong candidates on the GOP side, on the Republican side. And uh, hopefully the Libertarians, we find a we field a good candidate to debate the the Republican and the Democrat in the fall. And I know we have uh, Lane Seekman is scheduled. And I know there's at least one or two others that are making the rounds on the Democrat side. So it's healthy to have have multiple people running. It's a very healthy thing. I, I guess the only uh, the article today, the, probably the biggest lament is that it appears that there is a preordained uh, uh, decision that you know the vice president's brother is going to represent the district because it's a legacy candidacy, and so that should trouble you guys. It really should. It would trouble the heck out of me if I was in the sixth. That uh, would be a problem. If that someone's telling me who who should be the next guy, is it John Conyers in Michigan? Yeah, and, who's picked and, his successor? Tried to pick his successor this week. On Andre Carter, uh, Andre excuse Carson. Me, uh, excuse me, Julia picked her uh, successor by default. Really, the party does in all cases. And Conyers was just, I think, the most blatant example of this extension. Okay, and yep. and um, it's troubling. It should be troubling to all Americans it, personally. I think if we go anyone post ten years uh, in the in DC needs to be finding their way out of there. I mean, I could lower it, but ten's probably <laughs> a fair start. I've come around on that issue. I I used to be a no term limits kind of guy because just, the elections up every exactly, two years. The election, it's a job interview. But you know what? No, it's <laughs> it, that that system doesn't work. I, we I was, have debated. I was this. the same way just last year. I I didn't really necessarily agree with term limits. I thought, you know, it's our job to implement the term limits, and yes, we are just doing a crappy have, job. Yes, that's, we are. that's fine yeah. until they pick their districts. Yes, right. absolutely. And, and you don't, and it just, uh, it becomes just about, uh, just about impossible sometimes. You have, you know, you look at a state like Indiana, and you have what will probably be one to two competitive races uh, as the maps are drawn. It's just the reality of it. Um, and, and that's, you know, it makes it easier for uh, for the Republicans or Democrats to only have to invest in certain races. The sixth district may be one of those this time, depending upon who the candidate well, is and what happens. Who comes out of the primary? Clearly, there'll be some national attention if it's the vice president's brother. They're they're going to attack. I mean, there's going to be any number of issues that I'm not going to go into tonight. But there's some uh, fodder out there, and there uh, the legacy is a problem. Very good. So uh, the vice president's uh, other half, Mr. Trump. President Trump, he uh, he made some major foreign policy uh, moves yesterday, Dakota. He did. Yeah. Uh, you you put this on the uh, the itinerary for the night, so I'm going to let yeah, you lead it, this. Well, you know, it wasn't really in the uh, it wasn't in the original plan whenever we first started discussing this episode because it's so recent. Um, my original plan was to talk about the uh, the monument resizing in Utah. Um, because I thought that was uh, you know a fairly good issue to talk about. You know, the monument that's been around for 24 months. Yeah, that, that the media is blowing up about. All of a sudden, we things have gone back to the way it was in 2015, and now <laughs> we're freaking out. And even though it's still in public land, but right. we won't get into it too much. But uh, basically, Donald Trump just uh, came out and, like he does with everything, just kind of dropped a bombshell and did it super calmly without really, you know, addressing it gracefully, I will say. I mean, he just that came out and just was like, hey, guys, uh, by the way, the United States recognizes Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, and that's where we're going to move our U.S. embassy. Um, and then uh, chaos ensued. Um, 
in the Middle East, not here. Not really. Did here. it really? Uh, it got, or did the media? Did the chaos ex- uh, happen in the media's world, and okay. then they morphed it into? Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of glad that it happened. Well, see, I'm kind of glad that you brought it up because it was like it was late afternoon whenever um, Donald Trump first made right. the announcement. So it was uh, late afternoon over in the Middle East, and uh, everybody thought that it was going to be a lot worse than what it is. And then you know, I mean, we all know how the this how this does make media the U.S. Things. as the only country that 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 is moved has their embassy in Jerusalem. No, right, there's, there's, there's been two, uh, one since then, uh, one since yesterday. Yes. Okay. Um, so the, we were the first. We potentially yes. not. No, not necessarily the first. There have been multiple countries, including Great Britain, in the past that have had their embassy in Jerusalem, but they have since moved out of there because of the United Nations and how they classify okay. um, Israel as a as a state. So the United States isn't the first to ever do this. We aren't the first people to put our U.S. embassy in is in Jerusalem. This has been promised by Presidents Carter, Clinton, Bush, Bush number two. Uh, I don't think Obama ever did, and then Trump oh, actually yeah. did promise it as well. well. It's actually it's a not law, a surprise guys. or a secret. It was a 1995 U.S. embassy law and, that and Clinton it, signed in the 90s. They well, he didn't sign it. It, okay. it, it, it. it went in. The the Congress passed it, and then it became law without signature. Okay. Because he didn't want to mess up his negotiations. Gotcha. Uh, and it was supposed to take place by 1999, yep. and then it never did. Yeah, it was supposed to be implemented by 1999, and then all the presidents after that said, you know, this, what he said he was going to implement, I'm going to do it this time, guys. What? I'm going to do it. It. I'll be your guy. This so, time is going to be different. You could say one thing in Trump's uh, favor. He generally has acted on what he said he was going to do. This isn't a which surprise. Is, yeah, which is what is so funny well, to me. Well, that's the surprise. All the, all the people. Is that he did what he said he was going to do. Yeah. And everyone else has promised to do what they're going to do, and they never did. So it, to to the degree I can credit him, I will say that while I might have been opposed to some of his promises, he's at least made his effort to fulfill them, and to that he deserved credit. So right, yeah, I would agree with that. and. I'm not bringing this issue up just to say, oh, he moved it to Jerusalem. Right. Like, I'm because whenever I saw this coming out, I'm like, why does it even matter? Like, I I had no idea what the significance behind Jerusalem was. I mean, I realized Jerusalem is a significant city for three of the world's leading religions, and that can make it important, very important between uh, the monotheistic religions such as Christianity, uh, Islam, and uh, the Jewish religion. Um, but it's, I mean, it's, whenever you look into this, it's not just a, a religious is- issue, which I think when doing my research for this, a lot of different uh, conservative news outlets have portrayed it as solely a religious issue. Like it's, it's become for the, uh, for the Mike Pence evangelical um, Republicans out there, it, this has become a, an issue of showing Donald Trump's um, support of of Christianity, and they say that moving the U.S. embassy to back to Jerusalem, or not back to Jerusalem, but to there in the first place, is actually um, making it, making it to where the United States is claiming that Christianity is the, the religion of the nation, or like official or something. And that, that's not it at all. If you read one of those, it's that's fake news. Hashtag fake news. Unfortunately, uh, and I will just acknowledge that I was not a particularly big fan of Rifra, just so you know, okay? And and 
I cautioned against it and suggested to its author. Were you in favor of the photo shoot? No, and and, and <laughs> I, that's where I was going. The, the problem isn't that I believe that Riffer was good or bad per se. Mm-hmm. I just thought that it was the appearances. a super, superfluous and an unnecessary act that likely would cause reaction that was hysterical. Guess what happened? My brother was on vacation in Australia and what was happening in Indianapolis was top news down there. So to that end and and whether it was poorly framed by our uh, vice president and then governor doesn't really matter. The media took it and they made it its own thing. And I found myself defending something that I didn't generally agree with only because I thought that it was being distorted as to what the point was. So to your point today, it's the same thing. I'm somewhat agnostic over this action, but I find myself defending the president because, you know, if your argument is is that we don't move it because it it could be a a flashpoint for uh, disruption in the Middle East and cause them to not want to negotiate, my argument is that's that's lost, okay? It's 22 years. You haven't moved the needle. Exactly. You can't use that excuse. We've been using using this excuse and we've been doing this for for my entire life. Literally right. since right. I was uh, since I was born, it is this has been going on. We've been doing the same plan. What year was that, Dakota? Uh, Nineteen ninety-six. I was the first baby of the new year, Jeremiah. I, my my picture was in the paper and everything. So, so on January first every year, you wear a little diaper and a sash that says "Baby New Year." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's an old guy that's in the uh, ICU. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, Dakota and I are celebrating his birthday together, and I'm going to be the old guy this year, and he's going to be the baby. Yep, that's how it goes. Yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, it's a, the obviously it's not worked, and that's I think that's what a lot of uh, a lot of the centrist people, a lot of people like me that are looking at this from both sides and trying to come up with a factual argument, you know, and it's which is becoming increasingly more difficult as time goes on. Well, Facebook, I think social media, Facebook in and of itself, doesn't lend itself very well to intelligent debate. Just read any of my posts, okay, because they turn to – It goes goes downhill quick. They go sideways. But to your point – No, that's that's the thing. To your point, Chuck Schumer's the one that's out there taking credit for this. Now, Brad and I talked about this earlier. Part of the problem is Donald Trump doesn't want anyone to take credit for it, so he's not going to – promote the fact that Chuck Schumer is promoting the fact that he advised him. If we, if Brad and I were, were running the world, we would have brought Chuck Schumer and he would have stand behind he instead, of Mike, joint. instead of Mike Pence. And and when I made this announcement, it would have seemed like it was a collective with well, thoughts. See, a, okay? a few of the uh, more conservative news, uh, news articles that I read about this pointed out Mike Pence is standing behind President Trump and uh, that is that is to showcase the fact that this is uh, America is now officially a Christian nation. Fair enough. So Schumer could have been standing there, and I don't think it yeah. would have changed that message. It's Judeo-Christianity. It still would have served Re- both. Representative right? Pelosi voted for it as well in the 90s, but she's yeah. apparently changed her position because it was Totally to changed that. her I, position. I, the and hypocrisy is going to be a muck. It's so right. basically, uh, the Great Britain didn't leave Israel, didn't stop occupying the area until 1948. So the and uh, I'm reading right off here, and this comes from the Guardian, which was like one of the only unbiased news sources that I could actually find. Which is like, I mean, say what you will, but <laughs> it was a good article. But uh, it basically, this says um, it's like the GQ of European news. Yeah, it says British <laughs> rule left uh, left the area in 1948. The Jordanian military invaded to occupy the old city and the Arab East Jerusalem. 
Decades later, Israel captured that land from Jordan during the 1967 Middle East War and annexed it. So that, that's where we're getting this property from. Um, was uh, they the they annexed it during the 1967 Middle East War? It was the War. Six Days War or whatever they had. Yeah, and the uh, the big key here is this final sentence. That move has not been recognized internationally. So that that that's what the big deal is. Okay, this isn't recognized by the United Nations, and it's basically because of the it kind of falls back on that on that religious sentiment because of um, other countries in the region, other world leaders in the region are still the governments are still very dominated by the religious leaders over there. So, like the Palestinian government is still very dominated by by. Um, by Islamic right, leaders. Right, there's not a lot of secular governments uh, right, out right. in the and, Middle East. And right? that's, that's where the problem gets to is because then all of a sudden you have, um, you have different people who want, to, who want to claim Jerusalem as their own and then the, so the Jews want to claim Jerusalem as their own then the Christians and the Muslims get mad. And then the Muslims want to claim it for their own. Then the Christians and the Jews get mad. This morning, the uh, I think it was the Onion, is Onion or Babylon Bee, one of the satirical uh, yeah, articles, Onion, uh, posted the uh, that the Palestinian nation was going to locate their embassy in Houston, Texas, because President Polk had illegally seized Texas from Mexico right. in 1860-whatever. So <laughs> they, they were going to go ahead and just put their embassy in, in, uh, in Houston, and they were, you know... But that the biggest thing I want to point out is basically it's the Palestinian government that's so against this. See, well, of course the, it's a <laughs> yeah. If you if you're if you're arguing on their behalf, you would be livid, right? Agreed. It, you you know it's a you would say it's it, a hey, big give us it, our problem. Give us our property back that you kicked our ass and took it from the war. We want it back, please. After six nations attacked you, sorry about you keeping it. Uh, you know, there's a part of this where I just am not sympathetic to that argument, right? right. Yeah. I mean, I, try. You've had years. I believe in good faith Bush and Obama, extending my credit to Obama, tried to negotiate a peace and tried to find an, a settlement. I, I mean, I mean, even Clinton to a degree has been not successful. So I'm back with you, Dakota. Hey, that isn't working. Yeah, it's let's it's go not to B. Working. So let's let's finally Palestine just recognize the Israeli government as their own sovereign state and not just your property. Okay, it's it's over. I mean, what? It's 1967, right? I mean, and you fought over it from starting in 1948. Like this isn't this is getting a little bit insane. It's it's time Poor. to start. They have their there's a a government there like <laughs> Poor young naive Dakota thinking long, that, yes. that the Middle East is just going to let bygones be bygones. <laughs> We're still fighting over daylight Three, saving time yeah. in Indiana. Yeah. 3,000 years later. Yeah. Yeah, Last like, basketball. Like the, the Middle East hasn't gotten over things from 3,000 years yeah, ago. Right. <laughs> this is like nothing. It's just I would, I would think that it I – would, I would feel personally if all of a sudden California did decide to secede from the Union – I would be perfectly okay with it. Me too. Adios. And I would say, I would let bygones be bygones, yeah. as you just said. Like, uh, that, we can accept it. I mean, they have their own government. You're on your own now, right? Yeah, like, I, I read a, I, I'll send it to you later. I read a good article in the National Enquirer about, uh, about the an, an, an anti-Semitism in the European governments and how it's masked in this this uh, hue and cry. The okay. National Enquirer? No, is that what I said? Yeah. All right. 
Yeah, which one was it? It's not the not the tabloid one. Yeah, it's the other uh, one. yeah. Okay. Oh, review. I'm sorry. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I wonder where you're going. Time, time, time out. <laughs> not the Inquirer. I'm not, I'm not drunk, but that was pretty bad. <laughs> okay, that was off of the foobar um, review, and it was uh, by David French, ironically, who is no fan of Trump, and he basically said, you know, all these. European nations are, you know, just couching this in their uh, natural anti-Semitism because they don't believe that the, you know, the uh, Jewish uh, should have control of their own capital, which right. is ludicrous. Right. And uh, it was, let's see here. Uh, I need to find the year again. Okay. So it was in 1980 that the Israelis passed a law that declared Jerusalem, in quotes, a complete and unified city of their country and its capital. The United Nations, which regards East Jerusalem as occupied, took the position that the city's status is disputed and in need of resolution through negotiations between Israel and Palestinians. It's been like that all of our lives. I actually don't believe anything Trump did yesterday is in contrast to that. He did not say that the status of the city is now unified as a result of his decision. He yeah. really said that we're moving it do we, to respect their and, uh, decision. See, do we have an embassy to Palestine? And if so, where is it? Um, no, uh, I don't believe so. We don't. We don't recognize them. Uh, um, well, we. I think we do recognize them, but do not believe that we have an embassy. And clearly, it's not going to be in Gaza. Okay, because right. that yeah. that was a whole <laughs> that was a whole bush. Hey, let's let them go ahead and elect their own government. And you know what they got? Hamas. Yeah. That, that, that was one of those exercises in democracy that might work in in Henry County, but it didn't work real well in the Middle East. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, back to your point about uh, <laughs> Donald Trump um, talking about um, the 1980 law that the Israelis passed. Uh, basically what he said, I think one of the key points in his speech today was that he basically just summed up his opinion on the entire issue, and it was today Jerusalem is the seat of modern Israeli government, it is the home of the Israeli parliament, the Knesset, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that yes. right, as well as the Israeli Supreme Court. He said, it is the location of the official residence of the prime minister and the president, and it is the headquarters of many government ministries. It's you look, their capital. I mean, it, yeah, you look at it that way, and it's hard to, and it's hard to argue we shouldn't have an embassy there. If you just look at that one fact. You look at this one paragraph and you think, okay, but then, and then you get to <laughs> the chief Palestinian negotiator, not going to butcher his name, but it's something like Saib, Iraq, Erkak, Erkat, or something. Steve Air. Basically, he pretty much said that President, this is in quotes actually, President Trump just, just destroyed any policy of a two-state solution. So then you look at that and you go... Oh crap! Maybe this isn't. This is gonna just gonna be more of the same. Trying to keep up with Dakota's notes, by the way, has been a nightmare for me because he's reading from the bottom up. I don't know how we got to where we are, but I'm yeah, that was that. That was a horrible mistake <laughs> I made whenever I was uh, putting this in the so bottom. Like the National Enquirer. Yeah, the bottom two are actually supposed to be above the top four. So okay, so back to the premise of his argument, which is is that it's going to destroy the opportunity for peace by yep. making this decision. Correct. I mean, Welcome that's to the party. What he said, he just he said, Trump just destroyed any policy of a two state solution. While the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin, I do know how to Netanyahu. pronounce that. Netanyahu. 
Um, he was a big so, fan of Obama. Yeah, he said that this was an important step towards peace. A very big fan of Obama. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Loved the guy. <laughs> Probably said thanks, Obama, more than anybody at this table. I suspect, um, yeah, well, once would be more <laughs> than me anyway, but that's possible. Uh, that was, again, we're back full circle to the problem. I don't think there was any movement. I think it's been pretty stagnant. To the argument there, I would There has been some. There have been a few protests that have broken out. Um, actually, right after the announcement, the U.S. embassies in Turkey, Jordan, Germany, and Britain um, all issued security alerts to all Americans in the area. So, I mean, they were expecting a lot more, I think, than what actually happened. I heard that in... in in uh, Jerusalem or Palestine or somewhere that the protests were muted because it was cold rain. And then, uh, you know, keep, keep your angst to a minimum if the weather's not, <laughs> However, you know, <laughs> New Palestine. New Palestine. They probably they, were they, up they, they were up in arms. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, the football team is pretty good. So those yeah, guys New are pretty cool. You know, they, they, they stay, uh, as long as they're five and they're, they're, you know, undefeated, they, New Pal is usually pretty calm. <laughs> as long as the football team is good, they're, the dragons are, they're, they're under control. So Dakota, based upon this conversation, do you favor his decision or not? I was just um, curious where you were going, or is it just to get to the discussion? I'm pretty neutral. I think that there's, I think that there's positive. I think there's a lot of positive sides to this. You can definitely look at it, um, look at this decision, and go. I, um, and say, you know, I, I think that this was the right decision if we actually want to get peace in the area. Um, I think that you can make that argument. I think that it's really easy to make the argument. Um, and a lot of libertarians that I follow on Facebook, some of the groups I'm in, people are definitely saying that. And I think that um, libertarians as a consensus, um, which is really hard to lump libertarians in a group, but I, I think a lot of uh, a lot of us are in support of this. But um, I can also see where you would say, you know, this just made tensions worse. Well, couldn't you make that same argument with the Iranian nuclear deal? That yeah, it was I mean, absolutely. Its, its intent was for peace. Right? When you're you when you're talking argument, about the when you're talking about the Middle East, you cannot. There's <laughs> there's no way to just look at it and say this is concrete, the right, right decision. This, this makes like, sense. Yeah, yeah, there's there's nothing in out there that that you can actually say. Oh, yeah, this is what the solution is. Like, there's there's nothing like that out there, and. I think that from my spare bedroom in Newcastle, Indiana, I think it would be really easy for me to make a speculation or make an assumption like that. But I think I would be uh, woefully ignorant if I tried to do so. Well, I think in the last 10 minutes, we've definitely solved the Middle East uh, problems. <laughs> By basically as, saying, as we a, don't know either. <laughs> as libertarians, I, I, I generally just think... We gotta have an embassy somewhere. I don't, I'm not interested in who's, who's running this government or that government. I'm, you know, I, I, I want to talk and trade with everybody and just deal with what's in our side of our own borders. The rest of it, man, I, we've been dropping bombs for a long time. It hasn't gotten anywhere. A lot like the drug war. It's, how's that working for you guys? Just, we just keep being stupid. <laughs> so, well, yeah. All right. Well, we've, we've gotten to final thoughts, Jeremiah. We made on it. this episode too. Right on time, it seems we're, like as well. We're hanging in there. See, so, I'm getting uh, pretty good at writing these show notes. You're getting, you're starting to, you're getting a feel for this thing. Even 32 though, episodes in, we're even making Even though it. my, my last two were supposed to go up above <laughs> the first four, but. Someday we'll actually release the show notes. No one get knew them. that until he, he, and, uh, until he pointed it out. I was, I mean, I was following along really well, but. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. So, so Bill. Yes, sir. Thank you for coming here, man. Thanks for inviting me. We appreciate uh, you making the trip. 
I'm welcome to be back in Henry County. It's uh, it's a lovely Henry County, I might add. Okay, home of my bride. Ah, how uh, how do if people want to get learn more about uh, about uh, your candidate, right. uh, get involved, contribute, do some parades, get involved in everything that's coming up? How what's the best way to do uh, that? McKenzie for Congress uh, would be the best way to go about it. We have the www. And I, do people still do that? By the way, just people of your age. Okay, they, that's what I. That's why I ask. Okay, HTTP colon slash slash www. You have to actually open up the Netscape Navigator first. I deserve that. Okay, so deserve that. I think it was harsh. Actually, McKenzie for Congress. No, it was right on. I ask if you're going to ask a stupid question, be prepared for. I follow McKenzie for Congress on Facebook. Thank you, sir. I've seen their ads a lot. Yes, I also follow Jonathan Lamb. Yes, and Mike and, Kreider and, and Greg Mike Pence, Pence. And Greg yes. Pence. All of them. One of them is going to be my congressman. It's going to be. I mean, we have to be kind of uh, unbiased on this issue. But one thing I do know for sure, I want all four of them in my studio so that that way I do have a congressman that's been right. in my house. Well, I will tell you that uh, Stephen McKenzie uh, had anticipated to be here. And I think we are – We are. I know we are receptive to a return visit at the future date, uh, and you can have the real deal Looking instead of some it. reasonable facsimile. Yeah, I've, I've met Stephen once before. I met him actually while I was getting my hair cut at the right. barber shop. I was there. Um, I had just gotten off of work. He was in a ni- nice suit and tie, and he was clean, and I was dirty and in a pair of coveralls and getting my hair cut. We, <laughs> were, we were attending a speech contest at the, the GOP headquarters. I was in the very first Henry County GOP speech contest no back in the day. Yeah, 20-some years ago. I was going to say, what? What yeah. decade was that? That was uh, a very young. Jeremiah, you're giving me a very <laughs> young. WWW. <laughs> I was around when the internet was invented, but yeah, now yeah, I know yeah. what Twitter is. <laughs> well, again, uh, McKenzie for Congress. Uh, he does have a Twitter feed and a Facebook page, and um, you can, you know, like Bill Smythe if you want, and I'll probably, probably accept your invite. Like, like uh, Brad, I tr- I gave up being uh, discriminatory a while ago. I think I have fifteen hundred some. Friends and you know I know eight of them. I mean That's, you know yeah. maybe nine. I don't know. Now I was uh, you know I was a successful bar owner until I wasn't in, in, in uh, Hamilton County, and so a lot of my customers, of course, would be friends. And it just this thing just took off into stupid, um, and that's why I have way more than I actually have friends. So if uh, if I need Smythe lobbying services, how do I get that? You just uh, reach out to Brad or just send me a message as you have, and I'll yep. be happy to take you up on that. All right. <laughs> I am busy until the uh, at least the primary. I plan to be busy through the general. Um, so I will be passing on this le- uh, this legislative session. Brad and I were working on something that um, – we gave strong consideration to, and I think it's something that we both believe would be the betterment of the state, but we just couldn't put it together. And then, um, I yeah, mean, you got a long session direction. coming up in about 12 months. Yes. Well, and very that's good. what will make a difference then. A good deal. Well, thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. Thank and you for inviting me. Make sure you help us pick on Brad here. His final thoughts segment is coming up. What, uh, what do you have to pitch, man? What's, uh, wh- hey, anything we've don't skipped pick out on Brad on? too much? He, he skipped a date that's just correct. for us. That's correct. Oh. And according to him, a hot date. Yeah. A network anchor. So can we get a, a listener out there to, um, you know, want to fill in after the show for, for his <laughs> absence of date? Yeah, get in the DMs. Uh, yeah. we will, we'll, we'll reveal yeah. the north, the location somewhere north of Q Avenue in Newcastle, yeah. Indiana. Yeah. And Brad can, uh, Brad can we'll take him down up. to, uh, they've the only m- been seeing the side of his head. <laughs> 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 there we go. There we go. Now we wave, got it. Wave into the doing? camera. <laughs> I, I, are you looking for final thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. 
Come to the Antelope Club. Come to the Antelope Club. Check Good it place out downtown. Yeah. You could rub elbows with people like Dakota and I, and people like the governor of Indiana or uh, your new uh, your, your new board. Uh, I, the Libertarian group took over your board down there. I saw the Millers or the Miller. Yeah, well, Justin and Ashley Miller are both on the board. Abdul, who's friendly, friendly is the I'm, club president. I'm an elk. I don't know if I can be a crossbreed of an I'm, elk and an antelope. That would be that would be weird, weird. horns. <laughs> you would be hunted. <laughs> More so, the very rare elk lope. So, so otherwise, I don't know. I got I got nothing to pitch but me. Since I skipped this date, I probably am going to have to go out and find another one. Yeah. Well, have you checked the Henry County Tinder? Yeah, the- I, I I have not been on Tinder or the Tinder, the Bumble. Yes. I don't know. You do I'm in, you, man. I'm engaged, so I don't Does have that start any of those with apps. HTTP. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> a good answer <laughs> all right well thank you brad very much we, we, you, it's guys, great Robert. to catch up with you and have you here dakota what uh you got anything else i got some final thoughts here i do want to talk a little bit more about mike pence um basically vice president pence. vice president mike pence i do want to talk about him a little bit um read that article it was more of a progressive article it talked about um how it tried to paint him as power hungry um but i don't think that it was anything surprising but even though they did that, as I was reading it, I really did realize that Mike Prince, Mike Pence, even though I may disagree with a lot of the things he has and with a lot of things that he has brought to the table in the past, I think that he's a, a truly, I mean, I think he truly is a man of character. Like, he he does what he believes. He believes. And he believes what he says. And I, I got to say, like, I really respect that. I didn't think very highly of Mike Pence after he joined up with the... Uh, with the Trump campaign just because I didn't think highly of Trump. But, I mean, I I read an article that was trying to paint him in a bad light, and it painted him in a really good light for me. And uh, I, I'm excited to see actually what, what Mike Pence has in store for him, even just being the vice president. I think that he's going to – I don't think he's going to be stopping there. He's pretty good at what he does. He is. He's, he is good. Um, I just wanted to give that shout-out, and I hope that Mike Pence comes on our show. Even though I'll have to have a bunch of dogs and a bunch of secret service <laughs> yeah. men search my home, I would be willing to make that sacrifice <laughs> and that sacrifice to my privacy and my freedom to have Mike Pence come on the Boss Hog of Liberty. But you ha- you're making him come to your studio. You're not going to go somewhere else. Oh, no, I'm not going somewhere else. <laughs> He's coming to me. Well, sounds like the city of Columbus is looking for a little relief for all the overtime they're yeah. paying their officers. I'm <laughs> sure, sure they'd be happy to pass that off on the Mayor, uh, Mayor York, uh, look out. Dakota's, Dakota's in, in, invited the vice president to come on by. Yeah. I saw him invited the mayor. <laughs> awkward awkward like silence the out there in Westwood. <laughs> I was staring into the, uh, I into saw the that. camera. That was, that was telling. <laughs> Boy. Hey, I'll have Mayor York on. I don't care. He can bring a yard sign, hang it up in my guest bedroom. I'll hang it up there. Dakota for mayor. Yep. Possibly. No. Is there a minimum not, required? Not for, for me. Mayor? I'm gonna do my 18. best to I'm gonna do he my qualifies. best to convince uh Lisa Joe Crosby to run for mayor. There we go. All right. Well Dakota, thank you very much for uh, leading us through the the mess in the Middle East. That was uh, there was no way in the world I was gonna do that today. So I thank you for thank you Tried for covering very hard. That. It was like it's like I better not do this while I'm at, on the clock at work. <laughs> <laughs> like it, usually, it's okay if like I if I just like click one article. But I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to do some real digging on this. It's one. like a sixth so grade I, social studies project. I mean, everybody. I stayed in my office after work, off the clock, and did this research for you guys. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. You're yeah. welcome.
All right. Well, I uh, I need to thank uh, Tony Roach. He uh, he was my in the sniper position for my big uh, big surprise with Sarah Potter on uh, on Saturday. Uh, awesome guy. Uh, appreciate what he did very much for me. Uh, it was a fun fun weekend. I got to surprise my parents. They didn't know it was coming, so that was a uh, that was a neat neat little deal too. Uh, D- Dakota <laughs> well, and Audrey. I got to plug that in there really quick. <laughs> Um, we all met up at Montgomery's Steakhouse in Spiceland afterwards, and Jeremiah's family had no idea what was coming. So um, Jeremiah had his older bro- or his baby brother Danny tell all of his family, "I've been looking at jobs out of state, and I have some news to announce to you guys. Come meet up with me for lunch." So Audrey and I are the first people in the parking lot, and then all of your family starts piling in, and I hear your mom go. Why in the hell are Dakota and Audrey there? <laughs> <laughs> didn't know they were that close with Danny. No, she didn't. And then uh, and then Danny pulled up, and they all thought we would go inside. And Danny's like, no, we have to stay out here until Jeremiah and Sarah show up. And your mom goes, what is going on? <laughs> they were very concerned like that. It went from just Danny was leaving to Danny is leaving, and he's taking Jeremiah with him. <laughs> <laughs> the entire family's going away. And then it turned into good news. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, they. Uh, I I can't believe nobody had told them. So when we walked up, we had this weird muddling around, awkward. Like nobody, I mean, we were just the other people walking up. <laughs> raised my hand, raised her hand up, and said she said yes, y'all. It was, it was just like the weirdest. Like it was not the reaction I was expecting from the crowd. So we all, anyway, we all clapped, and uh, your younger sister Danny threw daggers at her boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> my younger sister Danny, or your younger sister Hannah? Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Oh man! All right. Well, thank you guys for being here. This was, uh, this was a lot of fun. Next week, uh, we're going to talk with uh, Chad Malicote, uh, the uh, park board president of Memorial Park. Uh, going to cover some stuff they've got going on over there. Lots and lots and lots of upgrades and things going on in Memorial Park. Uh, looking uh, looking forward to that conversation. Uh, like us on Facebook. Subscribe. Uh, we're on the YouTube. We're probably twenty or twenty five subscriptions short of having our uh, having enough on there to. Uh, to get our permanent URL, and that's when the business cards are coming out, and then I'll be a promoting fool. So is that a www? It'll be a www dot yeah, YouTube slash something. I knew. And then, you know, that's yeah. That's the coming thing. That's it. That's it. I'm very excited about this internet. I think it's going to work out. <laughs> well, thank you, Al Gore. All right, guys. We will see y'all next time. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at wearelibertarians.com. <laughs>